I think you, we need to hold each other to a schedule. Yeah, I think, like, this is perfect for me, like a Sunday morning type thing. Yeah. But, obviously, you know, I know your job doesn't really allow all the time for that, so. Yeah, let's see what we can we yeah. figure out. You know? Or I could, you know, whatever. We'll figure it out. Sure. I think when, when like, you really want to do it, you do it. Yeah, think, yeah Even yeah. if we just said we're going to do this once a month. Yeah. I think we should be able to commit to that once a month. I think so. You know, if we just said every third Sunday, this is what we're going to do. And that's what we would do. I like it. Third yeah. Sunday? Whatever. You know, I'm just yeah, saying that because this one, is the man. third Sunday of this month. That's the only reason I'm saying that. I yeah. think that's good. Yeah. 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 I think you just made a schedule. Yeah. You're the boss, man. Every third Sunday. That could be like... That could be... This is our uh, first episode every third Sunday. And uh, I'm Chris, a.k.a. Tuna or asshole, whatever. Whatever you want to call me, I'll answer to it. My co-host. This is John Lombardo. Uh, You just call me John. Lombardo. That'll work for me. It's a fucking famous football name, ain't it? Lombardi. Lombardi. Yeah. Uh, see, that's how that's, little I know about fucking football. That's like my whole life is, you know, <laughs> if you, you have anything that's even remotely close to Lombardo. Are you related to Jason Lombardi? No, why the fuck would I be? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's how it goes. What do you think? We got on a fucking boat and, like, yeah. decided to, like, just change it a little bit right. when we got here? Yeah. Only the Irish retards did that. <laughs> So, like, that's that's funny that we're talking about that because, um, the other day somebody was like, oh, man, you're, like, English. And I'm like, fuck, no, I'm not English. That's, like, a that's like a huge insult to Irish people. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, well, what about your name? That's not very Irish-sounding. And I'm like, yeah, it basically started at fucking Ellis Island or wherever it came from. You yeah, know? some jerk-off that doesn't care about their job writes something down, and it's nothing like what your actual last name is or something that ends yeah. up being your last name. It might have been like Ophiocra or, you know, like right. who... So that, actually that word that I just said is a name that when I looked... When I did a little research and looked up Hunter, they said that a lot of people with that name changed it to Hunter when they came over here. Ah, so, no shit, yeah. I mean, it could be true, it could not. I mean, maybe I am like just some Welsh peasant whose name was Hunter because mm-hmm. he was a hunter. Possibly. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, here we are, man. Every third Sunday, we're, mm-hmm. uh, we've dedicated ourselves to sitting down and talking about life. Yep. So, Came about a little organically. Uh, we did a couple of these shows on your previous show, um, kind of like a good, better, best kind of thing. First one, I think, uh, I look back on it now and I think like, you know, that saying, uh, uh, keep your mouth shut, let people think you're stupid or open your mouth and <laughs> erase all doubt. That's kind of how I think about that first one. I just was going wild. I was just so excited to be here. Like everything I wanted to say came out of my mouth. I could, wasn't even thinking before I was talking. And then I thought the last one was, like, really, really good. And, you know, we kicked around that idea of doing the Delco Dads thing. And we are trying to think of, like, the context of being Delco Dads. And I think, like, we kind of went in that there. It kind of came about organically. We just decided we're just going to do this every third Sunday of the month. And that's where we came up with the every third Sunday. And so it's so far, so good, I guess. You know, we're in the first five minutes of the first show. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm like, I can't tell you how, like, appreciative I am of this. Like, this is obviously your thing. Ah, uh, 
that. It is. I mean, look, I, w- I wouldn't be doing a podcast right now if Chris Hunter didn't do a podcast, right? So, you know, you look around here. This is a very professional setup. You've dedicated a lot to it. And, I, you know, I just want to preface anything by saying thank you right off the bat for letting me come here and talk to you. So, Well, let's, let's talk about that then and the fact that um, – so this obviously isn't my first show. There right. was Yardbird Tuna, which was the first, and, and there was – so much learning involved, even about uh, like me and my etiquette. And, and I'm a loudmouth. I curse a lot. Sometimes I say offensive stuff accidentally. Yeah. I, I don't I don't really like offending people. I, you I just don't I, remember that everybody. No, not everybody has the same sensibilities as you. Yeah, I do the same thing. And it's and it's tough because in our modern society, there is definitely like it just seems like no matter what you say, somebody is it's getting get offended. offended. I mean, it's. It's just the way it is. So so I went through that show, and then uh, obviously all this technology was not – I didn't have that then. I slowly pieced all this stuff together as, as I progressed over the last – I think I started that in 2018 or 19, like right, right before COVID. Um, and then like I started doing that show, and I was interviewing friends of mine, talking about different stuff, and kind of like the same, same thing that happened – Actually, the other two shows that I did after Yardbird Tuna was the same premise. Right. Guys came in here, or girls, or, or whatever, and sat down and talked to me, and I was like, man, this is this is a well-spoken person with good ideas, you know, and maybe, and then off-air, we would just organically put something together. This show right here, one podcast at a time, was about uh, addiction of all different types, and, and it was good, but it kind of... Um, this was a COVID baby. Right. Like, like there was a, my co-hosts were laid off. They had a lot of free time. Uh, I was working, but it was really slow. So we had a lot of time to just pump out episodes. So I think we were recording once or twice a week and just, just uploading everything, which yeah. is great for content. But Does the, it get diluted pretty quick? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, I think after a while you get burnt out, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, uh, from Yardbird Tuna to that show, the stress of holding myself to this, you know, you need to put an episode out every week. I mean, it's a lot. It's its right. more than just sitting here and hitting record and then it's up. No, it's not. It's There's not a lot just of thought that. <laughs> process that goes into it. And, you know, even just the cadence of how you're going to speak and everything like that, like you become very conscious of it really quick. Yeah. You know? Stressful. Well, so even I think that is muscle memory. Mm-hmm. I think after a while when you and and even as a co-host, you're right. The first first episode on Yardbird Tuna that you came and sat down and talked to me, you and I had a bad habit. First of all, I hadn't recorded in a few months. So and actually record with an, with a guest on the show. It might have been six months or a year. And you kind of like lose that muscle memory of like, don't talk over the other person. Right. Now you were new, so you I was just excited. you were just excited. You were yeah. like, "Ah, I got an idea. I yeah. want to say it," you know. Um, and then, so like that was a little jumbled. But then you're right. The second episode, you came down, and uh, which was what a week I think or two it was ago? Like last week, yeah. Yeah, much more fluid. You yeah. know, we we wait between each other, and this is all like the people listening are like, "What the fuck are they talking about right now?" Mm-hmm. This is just the the dynamics of how you put a podcast together. Yeah, you know, just just learning how to communicate, and because in the real world we don't do this, we interrupt each other and we talk over each other. But and I think that's kind of like the premise of this this episode we were kind of talking about is like, 
a lot of it is about pursued interest. Right. You know, what's your passion? What's your purpose? And, like, this is obviously your pursued interest for you. So you started off, you didn't know what you were doing, and just slowly, little by little. And we talk about it a lot. We always talk about art and things like that and, like, natural talent and things. And uh, I don't really believe in natural talent. I just think everything is pursued interest. If you're passionate enough about something and you like doing it, you will eventually get better at it. You know, I think that goes for anybody. I just think it's, but I think that's kind of a good way to. Well, I, I can't say that I totally agree with you, but I do think that, um, like, like for instance, you and I know each other because in high school we both were in art class. Mm-hmm. We were really good at drawing, you know, and there's definitely a lot of the fact that you and I were so obsessed with it that we would draw all day, every yeah. day in class and therefore, the kids that don't do what you and I do, it's, you know, it's like skateboarding. You're going to get better if you just do it all the time. Yeah, you don't it's, progress it's like at it if you don't do it. But I do think that there's a certain amount of... Um, Aptitude, maybe, to just being able to do it. Well, I think even hand-eye coordination or the fact that you and I can visually... I do know that from other people that I've talked to that claim that they have no artistic ability... Uh, and, and the whole idea of left brain, right brain, I think that there's probably some truth to it, mm-hmm. is that I have this uh, like this thing where I can, I can imagine something, I can create something in my head, and I can literally rotate it 360 degrees in my mind. Right. But I think that has I a even, lot to do with the mechanic side of you. I think it's both. Yeah. You know, I definitely think that there's... There's a twofold of like left brain and right brain working together because I'm I'm one of these weirdos that's a I'm an artist I can draw something and you're but good I'm, with your hands. Uh, well, it's not even that; it's just just math. Like right. like the logical side of me yeah. is pretty strong too. You have no common sense. No. <laughs> no. I doubt that. No. <laughs> I doubt, da- dude. You're I doubt that. I've talked to you long enough now at this yeah. point that. You have common sense. You know when something stupid is happening. Oh, yeah, definitely. We all yeah. do stupid shit. I just think right. that, like, sometimes in the moment you like, yep, yeah, I, I fucked up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I definitely have a little bit of that uh, shit your pants, dive in and swim kind of mentality. <laughs> yeah. So, um, to the show, though, like, to, to bring it back to what we were, like, this thing, um, I came to realize that I really enjoy talking to people from, from everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, that's really why I started podcasting. And, and like, if anybody's listened to my other shows, they, they've heard this story is that I started podcasting, which is going to prove your point of learning how to, to do things is I did this because I was deathly afraid of, um, the limelight. Like, like I wanted to try stand up comedy. Right. And I am so fucking nervous about standing on a stage with a microphone in front of a group of people you know now it's it's gotten way better like i'm i haven't done stand-up yet but i've done like public speaking now and it's like very natural now right now i just open my mouth and just verbally vomit on a crowd yeah. you know and they love it that's cool <laughs> so so that's why um anyway so so to bring it back to you though and and you thinking that this is all me this is just a part of the journey, I think. Right. You know, and who knows? Like, maybe there was, I don't know your life and, and what's going on with it, but but I think that there was a yearning for, like, I want to talk to another person, you know? Yeah. Or, like, I just think that 
I, I just enjoy a great conversation. You came down here, and even though that first episode was rough, there was still like, dude, I could feel like this, like, yeah. ah, shit, dude, this is a guy I could throw ideas at, and it, it'll be fun, yeah. you know? And the previous guys that I did podcast with, it was the same thing. It was fun, mm-hmm. you know? So I think kind of the idea of doing it every couple weeks is good, too. Kind of less is more kind of thing. It well, gives us more time to think it, think content out and stuff. So, so that kind of goes back to the same point of what I've learned over the years of like, if you hold yourself to too hard of a deadline, it's going to stress you out and and you're yeah. going to like start to hate it. Yeah, you know. And, I always say that too. If I was doing something that I loved doing and I had to rely on it for income, I'd probably hate doing it. So I think once something becomes your job, you kind of build some kind of resentment towards it. But also, I think that's kind of the premise of the show is that you and I are pretty hardworking kind of guys. We, you know, we're working class guys, uh, middle class, just, you know, sometimes I live paycheck to paycheck. And I think that's kind of relatable. But it's also the point that we're both pretty busy. Like, we both have families, we both have kids, we both have, you know, work and things of that nature. And that's why we can only do it every third Sunday is because, you know. That's the only time that we have. That's the only time that we can carve out to be a little bit creative and talk about some things. So, I'm just glad. I'm grateful that you. I think you're the one that suggested it because I kept kind of pushing back. Like, uh, honestly, there was a part of me that was like, "Dude, if he wants to do this every week, it's going to be a little daunting." Yeah, it is, man. Yeah. And I've already gone down that road. And uh, I think you and I, as forty year old guys. We have to weigh and balance our our time, you know? <laughs> my freaking phone. Here I go with my sound engineering uh, craziness. Yeah. But um, we have to schedule our time accordingly, you know? You have kids, I have kids, we have lives, we have jobs. You, I think you have multiple jobs. I have two right now. I don't know if I'm going to do that forever, but... Yeah. Yeah, I like having... Uh, I like to work, but also, you know... I'm just doing it right now, get through the holidays and stuff like that, and then if I can just go back to doing one, I'm going to go back to doing one. I like having the freedom of working out every day and, you know, having a lot of time to myself, but... I agree. I have, like, no time now. The last four days have been great. You know, we're coming right off Thanksgiving. I've had a lot of time to myself, but... I do this job that gives me a lot of freedom. I'm a, anybody that doesn't know who I am, I'm a, I'm a crane inspector. I go out to construction sites and I inspect you know, cranes to pick up heavy equipment, which it's not an hourly job. So there's right. a lot of times where I get paid. Uh, I- I'm done the day pretty early, you know, nice. yeah. which is great. But as a as a mechanic and a fabricator and, and I consider myself like a amateur hot rodder, like I build muscle cars and hot rods and, and cool stuff. And now guys want to bring me their cars and they want to pay me to do it. And there's a part of my soul and this brings it back to our previous conversation. There's a part of my soul that is like, no, yeah. I don't want to touch your fucking car. Like, mm. I don't want to do it for you. And I don't want a deadline. And I don't want you hounding me about where yeah. the fuck's my car at. Like, I'm kind of the same way know? when people ask me to, like, can you draw me some shit or something? And, like, you do realize, like, it's going to take me hours to do this. i got to set aside time to do it. And if I don't really want to do it, it's not going to come out the way that you think it's going to come out. It might come out pretty shitty. So, yeah, I just I just draw for myself, create for myself and stuff like that. I, and that sounds like kind of like a dick thing to do, but it's that's my free time. That's how I, you know, I'm doing it to fulfill 
it's the hardest thing, mm-hmm. man. I have this guy now who has his car at my shop, and uh, he's a buddy, and uh, I, he's a friend of a friend, and now he's become a friend of mine. But he's a little pushy sometimes, and and I'm not saying that to put the guy down. I'm just, dude, he's excited. He's right. got this car. He wants to drive it. He, you know, he knows that I'm pretty good at what I do. I'm not gonna sit here and say that I'm some badass, you know, uh, Chip Foose or fucking, you know, uh, Carol Shelby. I'm not, I'm not reinventing fucking hot rods. But but I'm pretty good at what I do in this area, and um, dude, every time he kind of like hints at like, oh hey, did you? Did you touch my car? Dude, there's a part of my soul that's like, come get your fucking car and get it yeah, the fuck away from yeah. my shop. I don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> and it's uh, like, in my mind, the ideal, like, dude, how come I can't live like on the outskirts of LA and just have some celebrity that's like, all right, man, here in two years, I'll be back, you know? And yeah. like, that'd be fucking great. Just here, just hand me 20 grand and just tell me what you want and I'll build you something similar, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be the Chris Hunter fucking version of what you think you want. You I know? get a lot of people are like, can you draw me my tattoo? Like, go to the guy who's going to do the tattoo and let him draw it. Like, I think that's what he wants to do anyway. That's yeah. what you're paying him for. And you can get somebody else to draw it and then bring it to somebody else. And Like, if somebody came to me and said, hey, somebody else drew this for me, can you redraw it? Like, can, you know, let the person <laughs> that drew it originally draw it. Like, I don't know. Uh, sometimes it's, I think sometimes it's refreshing. I've gone to tattoo. I got a lot of tattoos and I've, I've gone to guys and I was like, Oh, here, I sketched this up. This is my idea. And they're like, all right, cool. I don't have to think now. Oh, really? Uh, I think, I think in that profession, it's a lot like, um, sometimes you get burnout of like, uh, I couldn't do it. People tell me all the time you should be doing tattoos. I, I I wouldn't want to. So you and I graduated together. Well, I graduated late cause I was a piece of shit. And then I went into the army, but uh, there was technically four of us. Actually, it's funny because I often forget about you because you were kind of like you were doing your own thing. But there was me, Nate, and Trish. That I ever... don't know Trish. I've never heard of this girl, Trish. Really? I don't think so. She was in our grade. Was she? She's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody thought that I was going to be a tattoo artist because of the way I drew and the demons and the fucking. I was a very morbid kid, you know. Mm-hmm. I was a part of that whole, uh, you know, grunge, fucking gothic, uh, and especially my art. Like, I have art over there. I'll have to show it to you after the episode, but, like, dark shit, you know? Right. I love that comic book Spawn. Yeah, yeah. Know? So, I like, loved Spawn when I was a kid. Yeah, I, Oh, man. my God. I got so happy when Todd McFarlane came back out with a comic book, and I just, dude, I went nuts for Spawn. I yeah. went nuts for it. I loved it. I was a big fan of uh, psychological stuff. So, like, I actually had the entire set of the Max. Yeah, that was great. Sam Keith's artwork was great. Oh, my God. He's one of the best. Yeah, I love it. Very Frank Frazetta-inspired kind of artist. Yeah. So much detail. Very sketchy. Crazy cartoon style. Oh, man. Yeah, eccentric. He He was was so good. The uh, I liked his art because it was eccentric. The muscle people were yeah. like unbelievably, unbelievably muscled. muscled. When he would draw like Wolverine and Marvel Comics Presents and stuff. I mean, we could do a whole show just on comic books, I bet. Yeah. But, oh my God, his artwork was so, so good. He would draw like every hair on the guy's arm or something. He was, <laughs> oh man, he was so good. I love Sam Keith. So, so that, um oh, where were we? We were uh, the three people that I kind of like, ran around with uh in art class anyway and then there was always you i don't even were you in studio art and all that shit i don't think so man yeah you like did your own thing but you were like definitely a fucking great artist i don't know why 
Yeah, I guess I guess you were just like, nah, fuck these people. I don't. I, do what I think doing. I eventually took an art class just to get the crazy. I got a weird high school story. Like like I came here from Philadelphia. Sure. Uh, I went to St. John Newman in Philadelphia, and then I came out here. And within like two months of moving here, my father died. Uh, so it was almost like my dad knew he was dying, kind of thing, but didn't tell anybody. So he brought us back out. My mother's from out here, so it was almost like he was bringing her home. Oh. So he we come here within a couple months he just dies suddenly, and I never went to tenth grade, like I never went to tenth grade, but I had enough credits from Catholic high school that when I did go and enroll in high school here, um, I had enough credits to just start right off at eleventh. So it was a weird thing. In order to graduate, I needed like an elective and I needed a science class, and my science class was like a ninth grade science class. <laughs> So I was like a senior with all these like little ninth graders in um in science and then I had like I think I took like the introduction to art class and that was it. And I like it was basically just show up and draw something or you know we're going to talk about this and then you're going to give it an attempt. I had like no formal art training whatsoever. None. Crazy. None. And, and that's my point is that I think it's just all pursued interest. If you try hard enough and you do enough research you're going to learn how to do it, you know. Like I don't think I started drawing out of contempt for another kid that I didn't like. You know, <laughs> this other kid could draw, and I couldn't stand him. And he would brag about his drawing, and, I, and eventually I was like, I can draw better than you. And I just went crazy drawing when I was like five or six years old. It just started drawing like crazy. And a lot of it had to do with my father just always saying, that's so good. This is great. Like, his, ins- like he was so ins- inspirational with saying that it was good. I go back and I pull them out of a box. These were the worst drawings you could imagine. You know, like, there were little kid drawings. I was no better than any other little kid that was drawing. Yeah. But my father always said, that's so good, like, you know. And then it just snowballed into buying books about anatomy and, you know, looking at comic books and just learning from different sources, tattoos, whatever. And that's kind of what my style is. I kind of have that aesthetic, you know, very comic book tattoo kind of aesthetic to my drawings. And, um, you know, that's just kind of where it came from. And for the longest time, I thought I was going to be an artist someday or whatever, and it never really materialized, but I didn't really pursue it that hard to make it a career either. You know, once I had kids and stuff, I just started working. And I think you asked me the last time I was here, um, isn't that kind of heartbreaking that, you know, you think this is the thing? I don't think like that. Like, I think my art thing is kind of still in its infancy. Because hmm. there was a long time that I didn't draw at all as an adult. Like, we're talking 10 years. Didn't pick up a pencil, didn't put anything. I just went to work and took care of kids. That was like something... That was, I used to do, you know? That's how I feel right now. Yeah. Well, eventually, you if it was something you were passionate about and you care enough about it, you're going to pick it up again. And, you know, you set aside two hours a day to sketch something in your sketchbook, it's going to turn into something. And eventually, like within the last couple of years, I actually had some artwork published. And like, so it, something did come of it eventually. And really? I think that's kind of like where we're, like, we were talking about how do you measure success? You know, is it monetary? Is it whatever it is? And, um... So I think, like, still, like, my art thing, like, if it's ever going to turn into something, I think it's still, like, in its infancy. Art itself. um, I feel like art nowadays, when I see what other people are creating, I just feel like there's not, like, any emotion to it. But maybe I'm looking at the wrong art. Maybe I'm just seeing shit that's, like... I feel like it's all, like, pop culture stuff, you know? And, like, I don't know. Like, um... For me, when I always created, I was trying to trap an emotion, you know? And um, I do feel like 
sometimes I look at other art. I, I used to be a little bit of, I plead the fifth, but I may or may not have painted on walls. Uh, maybe illegally, you know, maybe I did that. I don't know. I'm not going to admit nothing, but I see other guys and I drive down the highway and I see, and I just think, um, you know, in that particular genre, it's just like young kids that are just making colorful artwork with a stupid word. And you're just, I don't know, man, I feel like there's something missing. And, and maybe that's a part of the, like me or your or whoever's journey is like, I, I often think like, dude, why am I here? What am I doing? Yeah. You know, maybe not. Maybe it's just to teach my kids to be better people, you know. But sometimes I think to myself, like, dude, I have all this creativity and all this influence, and I'm and I'm a very passionate person, and I'm not going to do anything unless it's 150 to 200 percent of right. what I want to do, and and I feel like my art will come back. There are moments where I like, I flip through my uh, sketch pads, and I'm like, man, there's there's blank pages in here. Yeah, you know, I could just keep fucking going. Well, you just fill you it know? in. Just pick up a pencil and start drawing something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's easier said than done. Like, I think you said before, like, conditions have to be just right. Like, you know, you have to feel a certain way. And I get that way, too. Like, if I feel really stressed out during the day or something, or I'm not relaxed, I'm not going to sit there and, you know, tune out and just pay attention to what I'm putting on a piece of paper intently if I got a lot of stuff going on otherwise. But, you know, like you said, um, we're talking about purpose, talking about pursued interest things like that or passions and stuff i think like especially at our age you know when you're you hit 40 and uh you know what what do you you were 40 now right 41 41 yeah. i'm 42 i'll be 43 in a couple months you know i think this is the point where you kind of have that existential crisis where <laughs> you start to think like that midlife crisis why am i here what am i doing and you kind of think like uh like you're achievements and your aspirations are kind of far apart when in reality i mean you're not taking an inventory of like all the things that i have done and you know how much progress have i made since i was you know a stupid ass 18 year old to 20 year old kid who had no idea what he was doing and then where am i at now is it perfect no i probably fucked up a whole lot in that time period but there's something is coming of your passions somehow some way it just isn't happening quick enough for you apparently but like i look at you and i think like this guy's kind of an achiever you know what i mean like hmm. i do i mean as far as the podcasting goes you know you build it you build a hot rod for christ's sakes like that's <laughs> that's pretty insane like i can't even think that's what i mean is like i don't think people recognize how great their achievements are to somebody else like for one thing here's something i've never done I've never put on a pair of skates in my life. In my entire life, I've never put on a pair of roller skates. I see you on, you know, doing these fucking tricks and shit, you know, grinding <laughs> on pipes and stuff. Like, that's an achievement in of itself, you know what I mean? Like, that's pretty fucking wild. Like, and then, you know, building a hot rod, working on these cars, doing a podcast, you know, accumulating all this incredible equipment to do this. And, like, you got to give yourself a little bit of credit sometimes, but... I get where you're coming from. Like, you know, you want to get back into your art. You want to get back into this and, you know. Well, I just think I have ADHD or whatever they call it nowadays. I think a lot of people say they have ADHD. I mean, it's it's bullshit. Really, I just have a million interests. I'm right. not I'm not disappointed in the way things are or um, I was going to stop. Well, not stop you, but I was going to ask you because it brings up an important thing that I talk to young guys about is 
I think it's interesting that you were measuring yourself against yourself yeah. and your progress through your life rather than, you know, oh, Chris has a hot rod and built this and did that. Like, you don't... You don't I'm not going to build a hot rod. Yeah, well, you don't look at me and go, damn, man, I wish I could do what that guy did or I wish I had what he had. I don't think it's that I wish I had what you had or did what you did. I think sometimes I wish I had the diligence or the drive to do some of the stuff that you do, but to apply it to the things that I like to do. Um, my, but it's circumstantial because yeah, there's there's things that you, you know, there's things that you gave up or did or or like there was like you made a decision like this is the way I want to live, this is what I want to do, mm-hmm. and and you, like in my mind, which I think is great, is that you said, well, look look where I was back then, yeah, and look at all those mistakes, right, and I'm I'm doing better, I'm making better now, you yeah. know. And I think that that's the important thing. The things that I've achieved, sometimes sometimes it's tough, man, because I look at guys our age. I know some people that are younger than me, and um, I will admit that I get slightly envious, and I'm like, that fucking guy is a millionaire? Like, he's a fucking millionaire? Yeah. For real? I think a lot you of know? things are circumstantial. I think sometimes it's just luck. You know, there's... I Life isn't fair in yeah. a lot of respects. Like, there's a lot of instances where... I think life is fair. I think, it's, think I think it's what you want. You know, mm. I'm a big fan of like, uh, like this is going to go down. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't go down. But I tell people that I'm 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 definitely a capitalist, mm-hmm. and even in my philosophical way of thinking of like, it's simple. Even my recovery, in my addiction. You know, you get what you put into it. That's it, man. Yeah. I think that life is simply how fucking bad do you want it? Yeah. You know, I think there's some instances, though, where some people, they walk right out of college and they get their executive keys to the company or something like that. But you it's know. also, I'll say this, to agree with you to some extent, I have witnessed, I've bumped into people that you and I went to high school with, mm-hmm. and it just seemed like, I was just like, dude, this person has never suffered, you right. know? They've never dealt with some of the wild shit that i There's I've no adversity that you went through, but somehow you're... But I often wonder, maybe I just don't see it, you know? That's maybe true, there too. Is some really... You really don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the important, like, like, um, like the Zen or the Buddhist way of, like, thinking, like, dude, you just, you got to stay in your lane and, and continue on your path. I mean, I'm like you said, some people look at me and they're like, my God, Chris Hunter from fucking high school is doing podcasts and making stupid TikToks and, you know... I mean, there's, there's, it's funny to me because I think that I'm a fucking nobody right? in the realm of podcasting. When I look at the big timers. Well, I mean, you look, there's a lot of people out there doing this, you know? Yeah. But, but when you measure yourself, so often I forget, like my real peer group is Delco. Mm-hmm. We're a very blue collar neighborhood. And to do what we're doing right now. It's kind of out of the, out of. This is fucking strange. It is. Dude, yeah. people tortured me about this when this I... This is how I grew up, too. Like, where I grew up in Grace Ferry, every kid was like, you weren't allowed to be a kid. You weren't allowed <laughs> to be an individual. It was like every man that was raising a child in that neighborhood was raising a small man. Yeah. Like, if you dressed funny, if you did something out of the ordinary, you didn't fit the mold. Like, they... It's like, you know, chickens that peck at that you know yeah that weird spot fucking tortured you 
Yeah, man. So, like, you know, when we talk about being out here in Delco, and you talk about, like, the kids that we hung out with, and I think at one point you described them as being avant-garde or whatever, and that seems so strange to me to say that, because, like, for me, coming here, I didn't come here and feel like, man, when I grew my hair out out here, I just felt like I could do this here, and nobody's going to give a shit. You know what I mean? Whereas, maybe you grew up different around here, people gave you shit about it. But at that point in our life, it was like, man, if I'd have walked into high school in Philadelphia looking the way I looked when I looked out here, they'd have broke my balls. I don't even think I was that weird looking. You know what I mean? I had some long hair. I wore some, you know, dilapidated looking clothes or whatever, I guess. But, you know, and that hasn't changed a whole lot. (laughs) But I was, I felt like I had more freedom to be myself here than I did anywhere else. That's interesting because... Um, well, I had two things to say about that is I think one, I can't speak for Philadelphia because I never went to school there, but I do know that I even watch young kids growing up now and, and there's like this weird thing where like, oh yeah, the parents tell their kids, be yourself. You're in high school, live your dreams, be yourself. Right. But then the reality kicks in when you turn 18, 19, 20. Nobody cares about you being yourself. Then all of a sudden it's, you need to shut the fuck up and go to work and put on some work boots and put on some fucking, you know, jeans because you're now you're a construction worker, whether you like it or not. There is nobody in this fucking neighborhood that's a lawyer. All right. Right. So whatever you think you're going to be a, you know, a a fucking computer programmer. Who do you know? Look around. Who do you know that's a fucking computer programmer? And, and it's, um, that's the heartbreaking thing about. Uh, like socialization. The real socialization is when you graduate from high school and you come to realize that, no, you're not going to be a famous fucking artist. You're not very special. Right. Dude, I thought, I thought for sure that I am the shit. People are going to just woe over my artwork. I am so abstract. And I, I think that a lot of my addiction came from like, disappointment that you didn't yeah yeah Yeah, i think a lot of it was like i was fucking like i had a failed marriage i came home from the military uh i I got some bad news the friends died um which like really i kind of like like everything snowballed you know my wife was leaving me which we were young and stupid but like i said it all the time like i had a lot of growing up to do yeah in the very beginning with my my kid's mother and stuff like that it's like we both had a lot of growing up to do and it just that was just naturally how it was going to be i don't know about you but for me i was uh i wouldn't have admitted it back then but i was unbelievably emotional like i was 10 pounds of fucking emotion in a one pound fucking bag like dude it was like just right everything every like just so like even the addiction thing, I think, was, like, me trying to numb it all. Like, so, mm. got out of the military, uh, busted my leg up on a crotch rocket, so I was out of work, and I was eating Percocets and shit, and, mm. like, that's how it all started. I, I wasn't really, like, a, you know, in high school, I didn't smoke weed or fucking drink or nothing. Right. You know, I started drinking when I was in Germany, because... Yeah, I don't think I had my first drink until I was 23 years old. Yeah. I was stationed in Germany, and then... Like, actually, I think it was this one chick that was kind of flirting with me, and she was like, oh, you want to come in my room and drink? And I was like, yes, today's the <laughs> fucking day, you know? Now we're going to do this, you yep. know? And from then on, it was like a weekend warrior thing. Like, yep, mm-hmm. we're just going to go until I fucking throw up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, I'm trying to think of fucking... Uh, so I came home from the military, and then, like, 
they all told me, oh, you got the GI Bill, man. You know, you're, you're set, dude. Go to college. You know, go, go chase your dream. And I was like, well, what do I want to do? And I remember I had a buddy, this guy, uh, Will Bowman, was my, uh, he was my battle buddy, but we were roommates also in Germany. And, dude, he loved film. So we would always talk about, like, we're going to make a movie, we're going to do this. Now, he pursued it. He, he is still pursuing that. You know, and he lives out in uh, like right outside of Chicago. But um, I eventually was like, all right, I'll go to film school. So I went to the Art Institute of Philadelphia and I did three years there and I did pretty well. Like I actually applied myself. I had I had really good grades, uh, but then like I broke my leg. The wife got tired of my shit. And then, um, you know, just just shit was falling apart pretty quickly. Got addicted to fucking painkillers. And, and that, at at that moment is when I decided, like, I can't afford to live on my own and be a college kid. And I had to go work in the body shops where Mm -hmm. my dad worked at. And my dad always used to tell me, my dad was great at telling me what not to fucking do, but he never really told me what to do, you know? And I'm not breaking my dad's balls. Like, he didn't know. He didn't have the answer, you know? But he would just say, dude, don't work in the body shops. This is shit work. It's not really any money to be made unless you own the shop and you ain't going to own a fucking shop for a long time if you stay here and save your money and put your shit together and like get better at what you're doing. It takes a long fucking time. And he's like, you're just, you're not even close to that. You're not going to make no money. Don't do this. And I was like, yeah, fuck that. I'm going to do it anyway. If it was good enough for my dad, it's good enough for me. Right. And that was really the moment when like, doesn't matter if you're an artist doesn't matter if you listen to grunge music. doesn't matter if you're avant-garde. Oh, you gotta go I'm out and you special. Gotta yeah. Nope. You're from Delco, dude. And Delco people do this. Yeah. There's a fucking mechanic every other house in this entire fucking neighborhood. Yep. That's what we are. We're mechanics or construction Cargo workers. Cargo workers. Yeah, that's, I work in the freight industry. Like, you know? Yeah. And it, it's it's not like a pretty profession or whatever, but it, it takes care of my bills, takes care of my kids, makes sure I have a little extra money in my pocket here and there. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I don't work for Marvel. I don't work for DC. <laughs> I'm not, you know, doing any of the things that I thought I was going to do. And in reality, when I think about that and I look at the people that are doing those things, I don't know that I want to do them anyway. Like, hmm. sometimes I look at, like, like my whole aspiration in life was to draw comic books. That's what I wanted to do. And now when I think about it, if I had to draw Batman's face 12 times over and over and over again, I would get really bored with it. Like, I don't want to do it. So, now I just, when I draw, I just draw what I want to draw. And, you know, I I put it up so people can look at it. And sometimes it's, you know, I want to draw a character. I want to draw a girl. I want to draw this. I want to draw that. And I just do it and see what, you know, what happens with it. And, you know, thankfully, it got recognized by some people. I was able to sell, like, some prints of my artwork and stuff like that. eventually did a magazine cover. And I think what they say, once you've been published... You're kind of considered a professional. What magazine? Uh, we'll talk about it later. There's nothing nothing I was that proud of. but Really? I, you know, and that's the thing. You know, I am proud of it. I'm sitting here downplaying it, saying I'm not proud of it. Come on, man. Some really people might want to see it. Well, I'd like here, to see it. Yeah, well, here's the thing, okay? We were talking before, like, about uh, about music and how we were talking. To, I think you said you were a real big fan of uh, Linkin Park and how they had this connection to, uh, I think, the Transformers movie or whatever. Yep. And you were talking about how people bust your balls about that, how, like... But I'm thinking, if I'm... When you told me that, it made me think, like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. Like, my whole 
life as far as hobbies and stuff like that all revolve around nostalgia from when I was a child. Sure. Like, I, I'm a firm believer that if you love something when you were five years old, there's no reason why you can't love it when you're 35 years old. So, um, when I started drawing again, I started drawing professional wrestlers. Like, just sketching them out and stuff. My my oldest son loves professional wrestling. It was That's what me and him bonded over growing up and stuff like that. And um, I started just putting them on paper, and I would draw, like, you know, one every couple days or whatever. And eventually it got noticed by somebody. I was putting them up on Instagram, and this guy up in uh, in Long Island, New York, noticed them. And he was like, you know, we should make prints of these, and we'll sell them. And, you know, I'll sell them out of my store or whatever. And that's how I got started. Like, he would sell them. He'd send me half the money or whatever. We'd get prints made. And I was making a little bit of money off of drawing these wrestlers. I grew up loving wrestling as a child. Like, I loved it. And um, it was kind of fun. It was, like, colorful. They're eccentric characters and stuff like that. And eventually we would go to, like, different, like, little conventions and signings. And I would sign the prints or whatever. We would number them. And, like, it got a small following. No, nothing astronomical or whatever. And the magazine publisher of a magazine called Pro Wrestling Illustrated was there. This guy, Stu Sachs. And um, he came up to me and he was like, would you ever want to do a cover? And I was like, sure, why wouldn't I want to do a cover, you know? And months went by. He didn't say anything. He didn't call me, nothing. And then all of a sudden I got an email from him saying, you still want to do that cover? And I was like, yeah, what do you, what do you got? It turns out every year this magazine, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, does uh, a specific issue where they rank 500 professional wrestlers like from number 500 to number one and usually number one is on the cover this is their best-selling magazine like we're talking this is 2022 people don't really need magazines anymore this is their best-selling magazine uh he wanted me to draw the guy who was number one so i drew i probably drew like six drawings for it and the I only drew so many of them to make it look like I was really working on it. I thought the like the first one I did was going to be the one that he chose, but <laughs> I wanted to make it seem like I really cared. And I did like other like little sketches and stuff. I drew a little four by six sketch of the guy's face, just his face, and I did like colored pencil, different pens, just like real sloppy sketch. And I sent him all these, and he goes, "This is the one." And he picked a four by six drawing of the guy's face, blew it up. We put a little headline on it. And, like, put a little background behind it. And that was the cover. And I was like, that's crazy to me, like, that he picked the one I didn't give a shit about, you know? (laughs) But that ended up on the cover of this magazine. That led to me inking some comics, which was kind of cool. Somebody else did the artwork. A guy named Trevor Von Eden did some artwork. Uh, He used to draw Batman and the Outsiders, drew some Batman comics. He's a pretty famous uh, African-American comic book artist, like, one of the very first. And, um... I ended up inking one of his comics. No shit. Which was really cool to me. Because I remember when I was a kid, I had a very specific Batman issue that this guy drew. And I thought that was like one of the coolest things in the world. Um, that I uh, that I ended up inking this. So like, I'm kind of... That's when I say like, that's only just two projects that I've done in the last five years. Like my art career is in its infancy. Yeah, and I think it's fascinating. Because you're sitting here telling me that... And John, I have never, never made one fucking dollar no? off of any of my art. Wow. Like, never. I have art. Um, my mother-in-law 
convinced me to take one of my photos and uh, submit it to, at the University of Penn, they do like this, uh, they hang up like photos and art and all kinds of stuff, like all over the fucking hospital. And she was like, this photo you have right here of this lighthouse in the Outer Banks, this is beautiful. She's mm-hmm. like, you should you should submit this and, and you got to get it framed and you have to mat it and like, you know, like, all right, that's fine. I know how to do all that, you know? So like, uh, dude, I submitted it. Uh, actually, she said that like a lot of people like told her that, you know, oh, that's your son-in-law. Like that's, that's pretty nice. We like that. You know, yeah. I don't even think I went back and picked it up. And I like, that's like, to me, like the only thing recently that like anybody gave a shit about my artwork. Yeah. But as for selling my artwork, I have like this um, uh, lack of confidence you know, at this point. And to me, I am fucking fascinated that you are like, like in my mind, I'm thinking, dude, you need to call that fucking guy back and tell him you want to ink more. Like I would fucking, yeah. I would cut off my fucking right arm if, if a guy <laughs> said like, hey, listen, man, you know, uh, we have Daredevil Comics and, and we need yeah. somebody that can really do like cross hatching. I would fucking do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. I'm fucking great at cross hatching. I, I used to love Micron pens and like, you know, fine, fine uh, pen, pen work, you know, and, and to me, like, you're fascinated with me building a car, and, like, I am, and it's funny, because I am getting noticed. Like, I made a little bullshit TikTok, and, and, like, guys across the fucking world are just like, holy shit, look what you're building, you know? Yeah. And and I think that it's pretty amazing that with the internet nowadays and the way we can all communicate at just such a rapid rate that, like, it is possible. Yeah, if it hadn't know? been for, like, the internet and social media, and as much as I hate social media, if it hadn't been for Instagram and putting my drawings up, it, this probably would have never happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. And I think it's a big deal, man. Like, you're saying. Yeah, I'm not, I don't want to downplay it. I just think, like, I guess why I downplay it is because, like, I don't want to be recognized for being the guy who draws wrestling magazine covers. Why? You know? I don't know why. I should not You're care. You're great at fucking yeah. doing like muscle muscle yeah. development. And that's like what the... that all is. That's that's yeah. all wrestling is. is looking Dude, home. I don't watch wrestling at all. No. Never gave a shit about it. But if I, somebody I used to came have to me, blast dude, if somebody wrestling. came to me and said, "Listen, we want you to start doing like you know, uh, you know, drawing and sketching out." Yeah, the, I guess the wrestlers. that's kind of the point. Is don't take it for granted. Yeah. It's something, you know? Dude, if a guy came to me and said, I'll pay you to draw my fucking horses, I don't know shit about horses. Wait, I'm going to be the best fucking horse. Dude, I'll, I'm like Da Vinci. Yeah. I'll sit here and I want to see a dead fucking horse. I want to see the muscle tones yeah. and like how it lays out. You yeah. Know? I, I think that's probably the the attitude I should adopt a little bit more is like, you know, take whatever comes to you kind of thing and just run with it. Because, and, you know. You, I, you don't know... Um, Sometimes we don't understand the influence we have, you know, or like the um where the road is going to go. Like right. like uh I had this diesel pickup truck that everybody went fucking nuts over and like I was like, dude, it's just a 97 F250. And I did a little work to it, but like dude, the local kids yeah. were over the fucking moon. Right now diesel cool. pickup trucks are like huge. And me being a hot rodder, the smartest thing that, and, and I'm the same as you, fuck diesel pickup trucks. I don't give a shit about a diesel pickup truck. They're loud, they're smelly, they're fucking noisy, they're just, they're uncomfortable. It's not a, it's not a fucking hot rod, you know? Right. To me, I love hot rods. But, I really should start building diesel pickup trucks because that's what the young guys want. And they will pay a fucking fortune for them, and they'll, 
you know, like if you if you want people to see you as a builder, this is what people are building. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the big stupid deep dish rims. Like I don't like any of it. But that's what they want to see, and they yeah. love it. You know, yeah, you kind of have to submit a little guess, but I guess uh, people told me that all the time. Like I try to sell prints, and like nobody ever buys the shit that I like. Yeah, like, the stuff that I put all this effort into, nobody even looks at it twice. And then you know, I draw a picture of like some musician that I don't even like. You know, they just eat it up. It's not even like I didn't even put as much effort into it as I probably should have. But it's it's all they care about. It's like it's. In some respects, it's a little disappointing, and in some respects, it's like, how easy is this that well, I've been avoiding it? Maybe the problem is, is like you and I discussed on that that episode, the last episode we just did on Yardbird Tuna, is that you and I have this stigma in our brains that I'm going to turn into a fucking sellout. Like yeah. you, you discussed the Lincoln Park thing, and I have friends that like break my balls, and they're like, ah, you like Lincoln Park? They're fucking sellout. They do movies. They do this. They do that. I mean, I, this, they said all that shit before um, Chester Bennington, you know, passed away. But, you know, but I'm just saying this idea of selling out is like, like in my mind, what is it to sell out? I like think once you're it? making money off of something, you're selling out, aren't you? Yeah, but like, like what's, what's the point? Like, like you can be either a starving fucking artist and or be like could... so pr- proud of yourself that I'm not going to. So what? Then you die someday, and hopefully you're you fucking... You could at least sustain yourself with something. But my point being with that is when you told me... Like, I'm not a Linkin Park fan. Sure. Like, I'm not saying that they suck. Right. I'm saying that's your preference, whatever. I'm not sure. shitting on you for liking them. When you told me to think... I didn't know about the Transformers thing. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm thinking, like, the guys in Linkin Park were probably over the fucking moon to do music for Transformers. Sure. Those dudes probably grew up in the 80s. Yeah. They probably loved Transformers. And now they're putting music to the movie or whatever. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like, why do you care? See, but I wish that I had more of that mentality. Right. You know, I grew up as a child. Me and my dad used to go to the Spectrum. I used to go watch wrestling. Like, I was like a total mark for professional wrestling. Like, I was a little dork over the shit. (laughs) I had toys. I had all that shit. But as an adult, it's like there's this little part of me that's embarrassed that I drew this cover it's like one of five covers that were ever hand drawn yeah you know what i mean like it's kind of an accomplishment dude it's a huge deal yeah. man. and i like downplay it like yeah yeah whatever i did a magazine cover but me me as an artist i am very much like man you fucking did it dude your yeah. art was printed like thousands of copies yeah. of that fucking photo that it this was, is your art that's being distributed. It was nice. It was nice. Dude, was, I think it's a huge yeah. deal. I would go on Instagram and like put in there PWI 500 2019 or whatever, and I would just get, like, you would search it, and it would just be like the entire scroll would just be the pictures on my cover. You know what I mean? Or like everybody posted it. You don't think that's it. fucking amazing? I did at the time, but it was like, a, like I said, you start to downplay it, and you go, I don't want to be remembered for drawing that magazine cover i want to draw you know something else or i think it's, it's so weird. funny that we accidentally stayed on topic to what we just dis- we discussed yeah. we want this episode to be the theme of yeah let me tell you this this is um let me tell you this to stay exactly on the same thing but something in my world um in the 90s rollerblading like aggressive rollerblading jumping on rails yeah. and like was fucking hot Mm-hmm. It was huge. Everybody did it, you know? And then... Not me. 
<laughs> well, everybody either wanted to do it or everybody thought it was cool. Everybody, it was like scooters ten years ago. Like yeah. every little kid had a fucking scooter, and everybody was just like, "I need a fucking scooter." In the '90s and early 2000s, rollerblading was that. Yeah, it was huge. Everybody loved it. Everybody wa- liked watching guys do it. I think it's amazing. It, I just don't want to not be on my natural footing. Well, the funny thing is, is <clears throat> then something happened and it got very uncool hmm. and it died. Mm-hmm. Like it died very abruptly. And then all of us, and I'll admit it, I was one of them guys that you was You were ashamed like, that you ever did it to begin I with. was ashamed and embarrassed to like admit. I was always like telling people, no, I was like a skateboarder. I did more skateboarding. But the honest truth was I was very passionate about rollerblading and, mm-hmm. and like doing tricks on rollerblades. And it wasn't until recently. Actually, it was COVID. COVID, all of us fucking 40-year-olds dug our skates out and we were like, fuck that. I'm going to a skate park. Yeah. And then we like, maybe it's because we're 40 and we don't fucking care anymore about people judging That's us. That's the beauty of getting old is that you stop caring. Yeah. About, you just start to like what you like and you don't care what anybody thinks anymore. Like I... I do that with music. I do that with, you know, the shit I watch on TV, the clothes that I wear, whatever. I don't care what anybody thinks anymore. I'm not interested in in impressing anybody. I'm not, you know, I think we all try to create like this version of ourselves that we, you know, we want people to perceive ourselves to be. And you're not being honest with yourself at all, you know. And uh, it really doesn't matter what the world at large is doing. Like you have to get through every single day kind of enjoying yourself right like your life is hard enough you might as well have fun liking something you know what i mean that's kind of i think that's in a nutshell i think it's it's just such a shame as they always say the youth is wasted on the youth yeah you yeah. know i always think like dude you know uh guys will say to me oh you know uh, thanks for your service because they know i'm a veteran and i'm like dude when i was a veteran i was like 17 to about 21 22 when i got out i was a complete shithead i didn't appreciate anything i was in a foreign country i did a little traveling but like i had like these four army buddies and one thing that i highly regret is that dude they jumped on a i think they either drove or jumped on a train and went to the swiss alps and went fucking snowboarding and i just didn't go because mm. I was like, man, I'm too worried about this pussy right here, you know? And yeah. like, damn, man. That seems to be the case with a lot of us. Fuck. Yeah. Dude, what a regret, man. And these guys are like, remember that time we went and did this? And I'm like. No, I, I don't. I, I wasn't I wasn't there on that one. I, I was too worried about stupid shit and yeah. being cool or getting laid or whatever. And you're like, God damn, dude. What a fucking regret, you yeah. know? And, and uh, now at 40 years old, dude, like. I will say this. I try to live in the moment, you know? Hell, I mean, even even like you and I doing what we're doing right now is to me is, is you have to enjoy this. I always used to fight with this thing in my head about uh, why podcast? Why be social? Why do the social media thing? Why am I doing all of this? Right. And I have to find an answer. And, and I think I did... Um, or at least enough of an answer that, that helps me not feel guilty. Because originally I used to think, like, is this an ego thing? Do you think that pe- you're so fucking important that people need to I hear get that. You? I feel like that sometimes, too. Like, who the fuck wants to listen to you talk? Yeah. You know? 
And maybe they don't or whatever, but I like the, the connectivity to the people that do want to hear me talk or that I do want to talk to. And I like the format. I like, yeah, you know. Well, so for me, I justify, especially if I have to do an episode alone. Like on Yardbird Tuna, I did, I yeah. did, there was plenty of times where I sat down here and talked to myself. Just had like a little rant. Which, dude, that is. They were funny. Dude, it's very difficult. I'm sure it is. You know, it's difficult to stay on track and stay on topic and not wander off and, yeah. you know, and the weirdness of talking to yourself. I have a problem with that, too. Like, you see all these people, they do, like, the Instagram live thing where they're just, like, pointing their phone at their face talking. Like, you do you not feel crazy right now talking oh, yeah. to an object? Like, that's how I would think, too. It takes a lot of practice. Yeah. I, I mean, in the in the beginning, the early There's something dis- demented about it. Eh. It feels demented. And not that it is. I'm just saying it feels like there's some kind of demented Imagine quality being to that it. first person that talked on a phone. Right. You know, like when back when the spin dial or mm-hmm. like you call into the dispatcher, hey, connect me to fucking Nancy over on, you know, 4th Street. Yeah. You know, like imagine sitting in a room and going, holy shit. I I'm, think about that all the time. The I'm, first person that did this, the first person that did that. You know? You know what baffles me? It sounds stupid as shit. The waffle. I think the first time somebody ever saw a fucking waffle, <laughs> they were like, what the fuck is this? And what do you want me to do? Eat it. Like, it just looks unappetizing. What about, what about the it guy that stupid. invented it? He That's what like, I'm saying. Pancakes. Pancakes are for pussies. Eat this fucking Let's waffle. Let's make a perforated pancake. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't look appetizing. It's an aerated anyway, fucking pancake. <laughs> we're getting really way off here. But... <laughs> This but I think about fucking... that all the time. The first person that did whatever the fuck it is that they did, like you're saying, like talked on the, the rotary phone. Yeah. Like, or, you know. Or the same as sitting in this room. So, like I said, I mean, everything that I did this for originally was because I went to try stand-up comedy, which mm-hmm. I think is the same thing. You're talking to yourself. You're talking out loud. Yeah. And in my head, I say funny shit, and I'm, like, driving down the road, and I'm, like, chuckling to myself. But it's different when you verbally express it to yeah. nothing, yeah. you know? Um, anyway, so so for me, what I've decided uh, is that the reason I keep doing this, even if it's by myself on Yard Bird Tuna, is that, and this is going to sound a little bad at first, you know, but um, not bad, but sad. I'm worried, you know? Like, I, I'm a 41-year-old guy, and I'm concerned. I do a dangerous job. I, I do dangerous fucking activities i'm a snowboarder and a skateboarder and i'm a fucking moron and i write. you worry nobody's gonna know your thoughts i'm worried that i'm gonna pass away early yeah and my young children aren't gonna really they're gonna have pictures but like sometimes i wonder about my grandparents or other people and i'm like do you I'm really like, know those people i don't fucking know them yeah. at all you know mm-hmm. and i think it would be neat that if like what if i mean god forbid something happened 20 years from now my son or my daughter could listen to this stuff mm-hmm. and go, oh my God, that's the way he thought. That's the that's the way yeah. he developed his logic. Yep. You know? So that's how I do it. That's, that's, it's not that I That's think... a good way to look at it. I mean, it's a little bit of a legacy, like, as far as your personality, you know? Um, but it also keeps me, I think it keeps me humble because instead of thinking that I need to woe the audience, yeah. I limited my audience to two people. You know, Mm -hmm. just my two kids. And if everybody else doesn't give a fuck. And I always tell, I kind of tell my wife the same thing about my comedy. I'm like, dude, you know something, man? 
I used to think that it was so important to try and make the rest of the world laugh. And really, as long as she's laughing, my that's, wife... That's how I do it, too. My my girlfriend is my audience. Like, yeah. I try all my material out on you first. Yeah. You know, and see how you react to it. Whether, no matter how offensive it is, <laughs> no matter how stupid it sounds, like, you're the one person I'm comfortable with that I can say this in front of. We have, like, the the worst fucking joke between each other. <laughs> <laughs> that we think it's hilarious, but most people that we, if you were the third person in a room, like how the fuck can you say that to her? But we think it's hilarious, like, and it just came like out of. I, I can tell it to you if you want, but it's. I mean, only if you're comfortable. Oh uh, yeah, I'm comfortable. But this is public, so just keep. I don't in care. Mind. I don't care. Um, it, she would complain about physical ailments all the time, like my back hurts, my hip hurts, things like that. And I would say, well, that's because you got whore hip. <laughs> when you're a whore, your hip hurts like that. So, and she thought it was funny, you know, like, basically, I'm calling you a whore. <laughs> but now, she is she going to fucking kill you because no, you just no, sat no, down no, this no. thing? No, 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 And she goes and she tells people this now all the time, too. Like, we, I would do it. I'd start to do it in front of, like, people that we were comfortable with enough, like, you know, good friends or whatever. I would never say this to her in front of her mother or some shit like that. Right. But we thought it was hilarious. And so, like... It got to the point that we would do it so often that, you know, she'd go, man, my elbow's fucking bothering me. And I was like, you know what the problem is, right? And she's like, yeah, I know. I got whore elbow, you know, like, so, <laughs> but it's become like this ongoing joke that we've had for fucking 13 years now that she loves it. But, yeah. you know, most people would think like, this guy's a fucking piece of shit, calls her a whore all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I don't think she's a whore, but. Oh, shit. But yeah, that's. She's the, a good girl. Dude, that's the beauty of it, though, yeah. man. I'll tell you what, when I met my wife and I made my ridiculous jokes, yeah. and she just thought everything was hilarious. Yeah. Everything. It didn't matter how. I think that's kind of the Eccentric I am. Yeah. It's the confidence in how you tell it, too, though. I think that's what women are attracted to, because truth be told, man, dudes are fucking disgusting. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't understand how they're, like, I've never looked at a dude and be like, man, that's a good looking guy. I think every dude is fucking gross, you know? <laughs> and especially, like, I certainly don't think I'm any, you know, anything sure. to write home about. But I think that's just what women love. They love confidence. Like, yeah. that's, you gotta, you gotta seem like, you know. You have enough confidence to have a good time with me or by yourself. Don't act needy. Don't act insecure. Don't apologize for shit. And that's what they go after, I think. You know, I think that's what they like. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to have worked for me. I didn't spend a whole lot of time alone in my life. And look, I'm fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and she fucking loves it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Dude, it's so, it's so bad, man. I'm telling you, it's like... I am definitely there's there's times in my life where I'm like my fucking wife dude I like just I fucking fart all the time yeah. like just randomly just just fucking let it loose man <laughs> my kids chuckle like dude like and I'm like why the fuck does this lady deal with this yeah. shit dude like <laughs> dude I'll tell you this is like uh this is this is me being a 40 something year old guy is like uh my body's changing my my diet has to change because right. Dude, over the last few years, I, like, just sometimes slip, man. Like, sometimes, yeah, it's like, easy. Especially dude, when you're comfortable. It's really easy. Well, I'm saying, like, like I try to fart, and it's not a fucking fart. Oh, Jesus you know? Christ. And then the worst part is, is I'm, like, telling my wife all about it, and I'm thinking, dude, why does she still sleep with me? Yeah, like, right. Yeah. Dude, there is nothing sexy about this shit right no. here. Like, I'm not a fucking... 
Dude, I'm not Brad Pitt, man. Like, not nah. even fucking close. Dude, I'll do stupid shit. Well, look, my girlfriend shines me up like you would not believe. Like, she knows every insecurity that I have. Yeah. I've been working out now for about a year. Yeah, you know, I get, lost some weight or whatever. And, like, sometimes I'll stand in the mirror and, like, I'll let the light hit me in a certain way that I could see some kind of definition sure. in my terrible body. <laughs> and, uh... And she was like, oh, look at that. Look at that line right there. You know, she's shining me up. She's like, you know, she's like, look, this looks great, you know. And I'll just like, I'll fart or something. <laughs> and like, yeah, it looks good. And they just like blast one. And she's like, oh, you're fucking disgusting. You know? But they tolerate that shit. I don't get it. I guess, you know, I think women just are, maybe that's the mother in them. And I don't know. I think it's love, man. Because I, yeah. I think we do it sometimes too. Like, I think there's definitely, my wife has her insecurities and I'm like, I refuse to like. I refuse to just play into it. You yeah. know, like if she'll she'll be complaining about something about herself, and women I'm just are like, vicious to each other. Oh, dude, it's fucking brutal, man. And like, I don't think they realize like every fucking dude that's looking at you thinks you're like super hot, and then they're yeah. out there like destroying each other. Oh, that's bad. Oh my god, they're picking each other apart, saying shit about each other, and like the shit that they think men care about, we don't care about at all. Not, Not at, at all. all. Not, Not at, at all. all. Yeah. yeah. You're absolutely right yeah, about that, dude. It's wild. They, and they'll never understand that, though. That's There's definitely a difference in the way men and women think, in my opinion. Yeah. You know? And without getting into the fucking woke culture and starting a fucking war there. Nah, but, I think dude, at the just, end of the day, yeah. at the end of the day, my wife and I think differently. That's the only thing yeah. I can relate this to. And just, like, my understanding is this. Her yeah. understanding is not that. I feel bad for it sometimes because... I mean, my girl will tolerate so much about me, and I have such a, like, I, I don't have a lot of patience for a lot of things, and I kind of have to back up sometimes and be like, man, you need to chill out, like, yeah, you know, but, yeah, but she, you know, look, I spent 20 years not, uh, not giving a shit about myself, and she loved me through the entire time, you know? Yeah. So, and then, like, anytime, like, it seems like when a woman starts to slip in that direction... You know, you kind of start to feel like, what the fuck are you doing? Without realizing, you've been a total fucking loser for the last 10 years. <laughs> you know, like, well. Cut her a break. <laughs> She'll feel that great today. <laughs> <laughs> but I think as men, we're just, um, and especially being the blue collar guys we are, man. Like, dude, we're programmed to just keep moving. Yeah. And sometimes, Sometimes we have a bad habit of being a little heartless and being like, dude, what the fuck, man? Yeah. I don't have time for this shit right now. It sucks. And and it's, you're right, dude. There's definitely times where I'm like, all right, all right, I need to, dude, I literally walk out. I'm like, not out of the house, but like, I need to walk away or just, I'll come fucking sit down here and play on my phone. I'm just like, dude, I need to clear my mind for a minute because I'm getting aggravated and I realize that it's my shit. It's yeah. not, it's not you. You're just... Dude, my wife's a fucking saint. She's dealing with two little monsters that are my bloodline. So, like, they're they're fucking monsters. They're destroying the house as we speak. Yeah. I don't hear them, which makes me even more fucking nervous. <laughs> but I'm sure everybody's okay, I think. But but anyway, it's um, even you and I doing what we do. My wife was just like, oh, my God, the house is a fucking shithole. Rah, rah, rah. You know, and I'm like. I don't think he cares. Dude, John yeah. doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't. You know, I, I'm pretty sure he doesn't give a fuck. I don't think he's Listen, judging us harshly. Oh no, not you know? at all, dude. No, man. There's times I walk in my house and I'm like, "What the fuck happened in here?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, I think that's. I think any parent gets it though. Yeah, I try it's to realistic. tell my wife, 
Dude, the house was clean fucking two days ago. That's how my house is too. Like we'll do everything, and then within twenty four hours, there's a fucking wreck again. And that's my that's my girlfriend's biggest gripe. It's like, you know, I could do it. You know, I do every fucking dish, and then twenty four hours later, it's fucking full again. You know. Yeah. And you try to think of solutions for it or whatever, but listen, I'd say ninety percent of the adults that I walk into their house. It's not the most appealing place on the planet. Like, everything is very lived in. So I don't sit there and judge anybody if, like, you know, I know what it's like to have a lot of kids. You know, we, we raised five of them in my house. You know, five kids that, that were essentially the same ages, you know. Really? Yeah, she had two sons that were the same ages as my my two sons. And they were, so it was, like, from the time they were, like, seven. And then there was another kid somewhere. And now, we yeah, we have a daughter together. And, uh, man, like, the four of them, the four boys alone. The messes, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, dude. Four boys raising hell. Yeah, and all of them were very different. Each one of them a really different kind of kid. Like, very, very different personalities. Nothing similar between either one of them. Like, any of them. Isn't that the fun part, though? To a a certain extent, it is, yeah. But to a certain extent, it's like, you get the good and the bad. Yeah. 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 Well, I think raising kids is like that, though. Oh, yeah. Like, when I look at my daughter and my son, they are... They are so fucking different, yeah. man. They just see the world different, you mm-hmm. know? But it's um, it's just fascinating watching them learn and develop, you know? My son is very... Uh, dude, he's going to be so chill and, like, kind of nonchalant unless he gets upset. Then he, like, turns... Right. Then it's fucking nuclear. I think that that's the kind of kid he's going to be, or even an adult. And then my daughter, on the other hand, is so dramatic dude mm-hmm. if i'm mad at her dude it's instant fucking tears and the world's coming to a fucking end and she's screaming and hyperventilating and yeah. you're just like dude what the fuck it's like 50 times a day it, she cries you know mm-hmm. and uh oh it's it's fucking sometimes i'm gonna rip my fucking hair out of my head yeah you know i'm like dude all right i'm done yeah, there's not a whole lot of pretty shit about raising kids it's yeah. not it's not very pretty you but know. it's fascinating because she's It's very rewarding, but it's it's not it's not always fun at all. I mean, I'm not saying anything that anybody else doesn't know, but it it, yeah. it gets rough, man. It, you know, it gets rough. I think it's not fun, but I think it's uh like I think you just got to live in those little moments that are great. Like my daughter, yeah. I love Dude, she is she is going to be so fucking uh I I hate saying this because I feel like every shithead parent Wants to shine wants their to, kid up a yeah, little bit. Yeah, wants to say that their kid's smart. Yeah. And I'm not saying... Um, I'll say this. My daughter is very clever and quick and right. witty. My son is not. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say my son is stupid. He's not stupid. He's he's clever. He figures things out. But my daughter is inquisitive and asks questions and why does it work like this and what are you doing and why are you doing that? And, like, and my son, on the other hand, is like, I don't know. I'll figure it out. And then he walks over and he's like, meh, 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 and just fucking like drops the square block and the square hole. Right. And you're like, I didn't think he was going to figure it out the fuck out, but he did, you know? And it's just a weird, it's just weird because they just perceive things different. My my son is very, just not give a fuck. Right. My daughter, very, like she wants to figure it out. And if she can't figure it out right now, she's throwing a fucking tantrum. Wow. You know? And, um, just different people, man. So I'm, I'm like, I'm enjoying it, but it's, it's stressful too. Like you said, like, dude, there's a lot of fucking stress involved. Where I have it, I'm the same. I always tell people, 
I'm the same as my daughter. Dude, if I can't fix this right fucking now, I'm going to fucking throw a fit. I'm pissed, mm-hmm. you know? And I have to, like, calm myself down. And it's tough because me dealing with my daughter, I always say, dude, we're going to have wars. I yeah. know that me and her are going to have some fucking wars. Because yeah, I, she's... Dread, I dread that stuff sometimes, man. Yeah. yeah. I try not to. I... I think it's. I think kids are harder when they're older, to be honest with you. Like, me personally. In my personal experience, like, it was kind of easy when they were small. And then as they got older, and they really wanted answers for things, it was like, man, I'm really not that fucking smart, am I? Because <laughs> like, I don't have them, you know? Well, but, uh, I think you do, but maybe sometimes it's it's like, dude, do I really want to go down that rabbit hole and yeah. explain this? Like, yeah. dude, I'm a recovering addict. At some point... There's my... a lot of effort in processing all those thoughts. Yeah. yeah. some At some point, my kids are going to say, hey, Dad, how come every Monday night you go hang out in a fucking church what are yeah. you doing you know and i'm gonna have to be like oh you know i made bad decisions and, rah, 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 and yeah. you know or just anything in life you know what if what if my kids where do we come from <laughs> yeah okay you know oh yeah how I come mean, I, my skin doesn't look like your skin dad you know and i'm like okay <laughs> yeah. now we're gonna have a real fucking conversation you know it's just 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 an endless stream of knowledge that we're at some point I'm gonna have to explain to them. Yeah, you kinda have to hunker down and kinda figure it out and verbalize it somehow. You know, it goes back to that idea of like you have certain sensibilities that have come really easy to you, but you can't really explain why they came easy to you and now you gotta explain them to somebody else. <laughs> it's it's not easy, man. It's it's just not easy at all. You know? And then your kids sometimes they grow up being completely different from whatever you are. Yeah. And they kind of have to teach you how to accept things that you weren't used to accepting, you know? I do think that that's going to happen. Yeah. Even when it comes to, like, social issues or uh, I'm a little old-fashioned, and I think that there's going to be things... There are things that I'm afraid of as a parent. Admittedly, I'm old-fashioned. There's some things that, like, dude, if my kid came to me and said something, I would be like, what the fuck, dude? You know? Mm-hmm. And it, you know, I don't know, maybe people will judge me harshly and think I'm a piece of shit or whatever, but like, it, dude, I'm, I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah, you sometimes know? I think it's like, um, how to explain this? Uh, things that you didn't have to, that you didn't, certain adversities you didn't deal with, yeah. they're going to deal with. Yeah. And maybe you were fortunate enough to avoid that somehow. Right. Whatever circumstance made it that way. Uh, and now you kind of have to face that adversity with them yeah, to a certain extent. Sure. And you just aren't prepared, you know? Yeah, well, and especially being a dad, I yeah. want to protect them. Mm-hmm. And I know, I do have enough sense to know that I can't. Yeah. You know? It's and scary, that, though. It's really scary because I, I try to control everything. Yeah. Like, I try to have as much control over what's going on with my kids as I possibly can. And I'm not home all the time to do that, you know? Like, Sure. Man, my, 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 if my daughter doesn't text me as soon as she's done school and tell me where she's at, I'm like, man, I, I turn into John Walsh or some shit, you know? <laughs> like, I start to worry, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Who's John Walsh? America's Most Wanted. Oh. He had a son that was abducted yeah, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was pretty it's sad. sad pretty sad story. Yeah, a terrible story. But he devoted his life after that to catching criminals, I guess. Yeah. I don't know his whole story, but... Hmm. That's the, I guess that's the gist of it in a nutshell. I um, dig it. Yeah. 
All right, man. Well, we've been going for a little while now, and honestly, my fucking eyeballs are starting to float. Oh, really? Okay. I don't know about you. Yeah, it seems to happen a lot with us yeah. towards the end of the show. I did want to say this P-P-Tie. because we never we never <laughs> got onto this. Do how did you start your day? What was the uh, what was the yeah, song we, we you said we were going to do this? What's with? the day we started? Or what's the song we started? Because we got. I think with? we should talk about music on every episode. Yeah, yeah, we should. It's a big big deal. Um, let me see here. Um, today. Say I, my thing is I go to the gym every morning if I can. If I'm not going to work, I go to the gym in the morning. And I, at my age, man, I got to get a little psyched up for it. So sometimes it's usually something kind of heavy, uh, or I don't listen to anything that's too downtrodden. But today I had a really weird one. Um, this is gonna go back to 1991. Yeah, and this is really uncharacteristic for me because this isn't a rock song at all, and it's actually a pretty shitty rap song. <laughs> Uh, there was a, a group called Two Hype Brothers and a Dog. Do you know this? <laughs> no. You don't know this song? Now I'm going to listen to it, though. You got to listen to it, because it is atrocious. But <laughs> it is catchy as fuck, man. And uh, I remember when I was a kid, me and my friends all thought it was great. We would go to like school dances, and we would listen to this fucking song. Everybody would be dancing to it. It's called Doodoo Brown. Oh, I know Doodoo Brown. Do-do-do-do-do. Do you know that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I listened to today on my way to the gym. Yeah. And just kind of went ape shit in my car. For about five minutes until I got there, and I, you know, got me through my cardio workout today. So, um, yeah, so that's how I started my day. Very uncharacteristic of me. Usually, I'm, I'm listening. To, I listen to a lot of progressive rock, progressive sure. metal, and um, things of that nature. But I, I kind of went that route today. So, so, the- so mornings for me, uh, and well, so let's say today, 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 I've been doing this thing where like. Um, I used to think it was such like a fucking dorky thing to like, like get into the mood. So like, um, people that listen to Christmas music, uh-huh. dude, I fucking, I fucking hate, hate Christmas music. No, I don't listen to Christmas music. I, I just can't go that far, uh-huh. but I will say that I found this playlist on Pandora. I listen to a lot of Pandora cause I like the fact that it just throws me oddballs, right. you know? But, um, like a year or two ago, I found this playlist. It's literally the Thanksgiving Day uh, playlist. And it's such a collection of like harmless, good music over the last, dude, all the way back to like uh, like the 30s, right. you know? like, And it's funny because um, I can do it when I'm like waking up in the morning and I'm drinking my coffee and I'm like a mellow. You know, throughout the day when I enter, when I need more energy or music to me is always about what kind of energy do you want to give off? So I'll turn on that kind of music and it kind of gets me going, you know? And, uh, anyway, so today I'm listening to like a collection of Frank Sinatra and, and some other stuff, which to me is, is, I love Frank Sinatra. I love it. I'm getting to the point where I love it. You know, I'm getting to the point where like I can appreciate other stuff that I didn't grow up on. I grew know? up on Frank Sinatra. My father, that's all he listened to was Frank Sinatra. Well, you, you're you Italian, yeah. you know, so I can I can see that. Yeah. In my house, like like we discussed on Yardbird Tuna, is like, dude, I didn't grow up on this stuff. And my dad was not like a, like that kind of guy that would be like, oh, man, this is great. He, yeah. he wouldn't listen to Frank Sinatra, you know? He yeah. was like a... It's a yeah, it's a very fucking, cultural kind of music, I guess, for me. Yeah. My dad was like a closet hippie. You know, like mm-hmm. the, he loved uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, uh, Young. Young. Yeah. He loved uh, David Bowie. He loved, you know, like he was um, very much a hippie 
but yeah. still a blue collar guy from this area, you know? So like you just, you fought that whole, like he was a seventies guy. He listened to seventies music or sixties mm-hmm. music. Never cared for the Stones or the Beatles. No, I yeah. love the Stones. I like early Stones. I like the Stones in the very beginning. I love it. I'm not I a big even, Beatles guy. I'm getting more of a Beatles guy. Yeah? Yeah, I'm starting to appreciate, like I said, like we discussed on Yard Bartuna, I'm starting to appreciate music that's I definitely more... appreciate it. I just don't love it. Well, I don't think I like John Lennon. Truthfully. Yeah? You nah. think he was... Uh, I think he's a piece of shit. You think they hyped him up too much? I think he's an asshole. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of British guys are kind of dick Well, no, though. I just... The thing, uh, look, I don't know. I don't know the guy. I, and, you know, you get into that stuff. But when you hear certain stories about, like, the way he treated certain people and things like that, you're kind of like, eh, I don't think I really want to support this guy. Not that I want to cancel John Lennon or nothing. Sure. That's not what it is. I just, yeah. there's that aspect of him that kind of dirties it. It's like Michael Jackson. Like, oh. I, I don't really want to listen to Michael Jackson knowing the yeah. things that I have been alleged against him. Like, I don't want to support that guy. I think a lot of, uh, especially lead singers of bands, have a bad habit of, like, their fucking ego just inflates so bad mm-hmm. that they, they get, like, this God complex. Mm-hmm. But I always break I don't want to diminish his art. I mean, he's he's obviously a great songwriter. Yeah. And there's a lot of Beatles songs that are great. I like, like, something... Um, I like uh, I like a lot I like a lot of stuff off of Abbey Road. Yeah, things yeah. like that. But I just I don't know I just haven't I love George Harrison. George Harrison's great. Yeah. But, um, I'm just not a big Beatles guy. I love the Stones though. I Early the, Stones. I think the front run. Yeah. Well, the Stones. Stones was definitely more my speed, but that's also because I loved that song, Painted Black. That's a great song, dude. I was like that. There was like there was like when I was growing up as a kid. And getting into the darker music, there was just always this lingering track of Painted Black, followed by House of the Rising Sun, mm-hmm. and then like um, I loved Leonard Skinnerd. So like like Tuesday's Gone is like my favorite song. Yeah, it's dude. It's like hands down. Like right. dude, it like moves my soul. No shit. Know? Well, I also was a, a little bit of um. I I mean I, I always felt like I was kind of like always on the move. So like when I would hear the song, I'm like, yep, this is song this, is about me. Yeah, this yeah. is. But I also felt like a lot of Leonard Skinner, like Simple Man. Like I understood mm-hmm. that connection, talking to your mother and being like, up, oh, I'm gonna go fuck some shit up and do some things that you're not really gonna like. <laughs> Skinner's song that I loved was the um, the hell is that song? I, every time I hear of it, I just Free Bird. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, I think it's called Call Me to Breeze. Yeah. Every time I hear that song, I just think of like beer cans coming out of like the mountains or some shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like just like, and it's just this beautiful, like really cool classic rock riff and shit like that. Like, I, I love that song, Call Me to Breeze. I like, sometimes I, I've, as I've gotten older, I've started to like things that uh, don't make me feel too much outside of just having a good time. Like I've learned yeah. to appreciate like Van Halen more. As yeah. A, I hated Van Halen growing up. Uh, I think I still do. Yeah, like, but there's yeah. something about it that is just like so carefree. That... I'm getting better about ACDC. Yeah. I, I hate to... ACDC. I fucking hate them. So I'm I'm starting to like ACDC now that other people are covering the songs and I'm hearing yeah. it from a different angle. Like, so there's um, uh, there's these guys from Sweden or somewhere that did this cover of um. Uh, Thunderstruck. Yeah, that is fucking awesome. Yeah, I love when th- people do that. They like adapt it to a different style. Like I love those uh, Picking on Zeppelin albums, the Bluegrass Led Zeppelin stuff. I love that. So these guys from Sweden or Norway or wherever they're from, they did it 
uh, like folk banjo style. No shit, that's cool. Dude, it's awesome. See, I would be into that. That's something I would listen to. Yeah. But it's... just ACDC by itself, I just can't get into it. And I know people love them. They're super influential. I just sure. never loved it. But anyway, what was the song you listened to this morning? Uh, so this morning, I don't know. I would have to... I don't even... I, I think it was a Sinatra song. It was a Sinatra but, song? But yeah. it's so out of character for what I used to be. Yeah. So I always like... I kind of enjoy like when I'm dabbling in other genres, and I'm like, I would have never in my life thought that. Like I'd ten like years this. ago, there's no fucking way I would have been like, this is so boring. I'm going to sleep, mm-hmm. and now I'm like, man, this is good. My kids can listen to this. There's no curse words in the background. You know, it's nice. It's I peaceful. get more and more like that too. Like sometimes yeah. I just need to take a break from these things that I've thought. Like uh, my favorite band is Mastodon, hands yeah. down, my favorite band. Like I, they've been going at it for like 22 years. And it's like every album just gets better and better. Like, to me, they're like the perfect progressive metal band. You know, like, I just, I love them. But uh, sometimes I got to take a break from that and, like, listen to things that are totally out of... And a lot of what I listen to sounds a little bit like Mastodon. Hmm. You know, like Baroness and... Um, I like Baroness. Just, oh, Baroness is fucking great. That guy's great. I found them probably, you know, like five or eight years ago. And I yeah. was like, dude, this is cool music. They're so yeah. good. I, we went and saw them live at uh, Union Transfer years and years ago. And they were just tremendous live, too. They're yeah. just so good. Yeah, I, I might really listen like to that after this. Oh, I love that band. I love that band. And uh, the lyrics and stuff. That guy can write. Like, it's really cool. Huh. But, um, yeah, so every once in a while, i got to take a break from it and just listen to something that's totally characteristic. I think I told you before how much I love, like, Chicago and stuff like that. I love uh, Nilsson. Uh, Harry Nilsson. Yeah. I, I love that guy. I think he's like one of the greatest songwriters of all time. You know what I like for good chill music? Um, you ever heard the band Portishead? Yeah. yeah. Dude, oh, that I shit's great. love Portishead. Yeah. And that song, um, what is it? To Be a Woman or what's it called? Um, I forget what the name of the song is, but that's like the, the premise of it. Dude, that song alone I could listen to on yeah. repeat. On like a loop, yeah. Dude, it's just so That's fucking cool. chill, and like it has like just such a great vibe to it. But I did want to comment on you said music that just is not like you're listening to music just because it's like good and fun and has good energy. You know what is a song that I discovered uh, probably ten years ago? Never heard it before. Before this, uh, actually, let, fuck it. Let's just tell the whole story. It was twelve years ago. I was in fucking the VA hospital in rehab, and believe it or not, this young black dude was like, dude, you listen to Led Zeppelin? And I was like, yeah, of course I fucking do. And he's like, dude, you like that song, the When the Levees Break? And I was like, "Yeah, what fucking song is that? You're like, never. Really? Dude, he played it for me, and I was like, fuck me. You this didn't know When the Levee Breaks? great song. Yeah, it's dude. fucking killer. Dude, the riffs in that song are Dude, just yeah energizing, you know? The drums, everything about it. Yeah. It's a crazy song. So that yeah. was like, to me, that's one of them songs when I'm like, I listen to a lot when I go skateboarding because yeah. it's got a good rhythm to it. It's got good energy. And I'm like, you know, you don't, for me, when I'm skateboarding, you don't want something too obnoxious because right. I think if you have too much energy, you're going to fucking trip or hurt yourself. You're going to get too worked up and you're going to try and push yourself too hard. But like you need an in-between, like right. uh, not too mellow. You don't want to go to sleep. You don't want to be too hard either. And, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, Zeppelin. I think Zeppelin's like the jumping off point for music for me, especially when it comes to rock music. Because before that, like I grew up in Philadelphia, like it was just it was dog shit. Like the <laughs> the stuff they listened to was dog shit. Like it was all it's all like really bad poppy hip hop and stuff like that. <laughs> and like dudes were kind of like I don't know if you know who TKA is. There was like this uh, kind of club music. Yeah. Like we were like twelve years old, and this is like what kids were listening to. It's like man, you guys don't have any fucking souls at all. Like. <laughs> Like, it was almost like you couldn't like something that was cool. Yeah. I got really fortunate, like, um, my seventh grade, like, uh, one of the most influential people in my life. I love this woman more than anything in the world. My seventh grade teacher, uh, Miss Corsino, she was 27 years old. Her and her sister both taught seventh grade. So, like, she taught one class. Her sister taught the other class. To this day, I'm still friends with the sister. Um this lady played guitar. She did artwork. So everything that, like, the things that I grew up loving, this woman, like, more, the only other person more than my father that influenced me or inspired me or really took an interest in the things that I did was this woman. Yeah. I mean, everything. You know, she'd, she would teach me how to play guitar. She would, you know, look at my artwork, critique it, show me her artwork and stuff like that. Just easily one of the most important people in my life. She passed away a few years ago. Um, I hadn't talked to her since I... Like, I think being a teacher, you kind of... These kids coming in and out of your lives, you don't always, like, maintain, like, this lifelong relationship with them. Sure. But she never forgot me, apparently. And um, I went to her funeral, and her husband saw me, and he goes, I know who you are. And I'm like, how the fuck could you know who I am? But he knew who I was. Huh. And, like, she had never forgot me. They still had, like, drawings that I did things like that when I was in seventh grade. Her sister, too. She sent me one on Facebook. I drew a picture of her dog. She sent it to me, and I was like, man, you still have this. That's insane to me. Yeah. But just the best people on the planet. Like, oh, my God, this woman meant so much to me. But anyway, Led Zeppelin, she, the first th- she played uh, Heartbreaker on guitar one time. The bang, dun, 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 dun. That was like the jumping off point for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I remember going home. And finding Led Zeppelin 2 and my brother's stuff and just listening to it over and over and over again. But, uh, man, like, man, she was really important to me. But, um, yeah, I I guess I don't know where I was going with that. But Led Zeppelin was kind of my jumping off point for everything. Well, you were you were just saying that that was that was like your beginning of passion. Yeah, beginning of me loving music. Yeah, was that. And I think I, I started playing guitar when I was like 14. So like a year later, I was real into playing guitar, you know, like we talked about Nirvana and stuff like that. You know, that's what it was in the 90s. And, you know, hmm. yeah, it kind of and you just like from that one thing, you went down that rabbit hole and discovered so much more. Nice. You know? Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, man. It's fascinating. Right now, my daughter has like this little um, I bought her this keyboard that rolls up. Mm-hmm. It's like um, it's like rubber, but it's like it's got keys on it. And it's funny because, you know, like, remember when we were kids and we had Casios and, yeah. and like, um, and they have them preset songs that you can kind of try to play over top of or whatever. And my daughter, I think it's going to be, I'm, I'm hoping that she's going to be a very artistic person. She definitely loves drawing. She draws on that little chalkboard right there. She draws, we have a magnet pad upstairs that we were supposed to use for notes that she's just like taken over. She's like, fuck that. This is where I'm drawing at now. So you, she'll use the dry erase markers and shit. And um, the other thing she does is she takes that little roll-up keyboard and there's one song and it's it's uh, Beethoven's Feralisa mm-hmm. that she fucking puts that on repeat. Dude, she'll leave it on 
all fucking day until the battery's dead. Wow. Like, she just wants to hear that song. And she's done it with other toys. She has other toys that make songs. And there are certain ones that she fucking loves. And I think that it's interesting because I feel a connection to her in that. I'm right. like, dude, I understand that you love, you like this rhythm. There's something about this that moves you. You enjoy hearing it in the background. I know what that is. Yeah. You know, I, I get it, you know. And I'm, I don't know, it makes me happy. It drives me nuts too because I'm like, dude, what the fuck? I've heard this song a thousand times today. Yeah, but you understand yeah. why she's doing it. I, yeah. I do it too. I still do it to this day where yeah. I find a song and I listen to it over and over and over and over again until, uh, it, like, the, that first time you hear a song kind of feeling, Yeah, it doesn't sound like anything else, even though it is still just verse, chorus, whatever the fuck. Sure. But there's something about it that sounds so different and so new that you just can't get enough of it. You just like I think I did that with uh, with Sturgill Simpson. Yeah. When I first heard uh, that song "Turtles All the Way Down," I must have <laughs> listened to it fifteen times. I was just like, man, this guy is so different, you know, like so traditional country, but at the same time so original. But you're not used to listening to it. So no, to that's you, the thing. It's refreshing. Brand new, brand yeah. new to me. But to Sturgill Simpson, he might be one of like like us, like I'm nobody kind of thing. Yeah. But, you know. So there's a guy, uh, I got into, like, I have this little uh, cigar box guitar right here, and right. I play it with a slide. Uh-huh. I just fuck around. But, um, um, dude, I got into slide guitar, and there's a dude whose name is Justin Johnson. You can find him on Facebook or Instagram. I think I know, is the guy with the cowboy hat? Yeah, dude. And yeah, he he's plays, amazing. He plays uh, a one-string guitar <laughs> that's a fucking shovel. Yeah. It's a flathead shovel that yep. he's just strung a... Dude, that guy, I've messaged him and talked to him. Great dude. Really? Great fucking dude. Man. Yeah. I've even suggested, like, hey, listen, man, why don't you do, like, Pennywise Broheim Tribute Yeah, yeah. on the fucking slide guitar? I would love to That would be cool as shit. Is, is that your jam? I love that song. That's my Flyers jam. Like, really? when I was really, really into the Flyers, that was their goal song. Like, really? when they would score a goal, it was, that was the, and I just, every time I hear it, I think of that time. Like, there was a time where I just... When I was absolutely in love with like watching hockey and stuff like that. Now that you know they've been unwatchable for the last fucking six years, <laughs> so you know I don't really. It comes and goes. It. Yeah, it does come. I mean, I grew up with that stuff. I grew up my you know we all loved the Flyers growing up, but there was a particular point in my life where I just was entrenched in it. You know. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think we have music for different things in our lives. Like for mm-hmm. me. At one point in my life when shit was kind of going wrong, but I was ri- I was riding my four... I had a four-wheeler that I would, like, go to the mountains every weekend, go camping, and ride all day. And I was, like, a madman on that fucking four-wheeler. I was doing these big jumps and shit, and I was, like, doing fucking 40 miles an hour through wow. the woods. And, like, um... Holy shit. I haven't talked to that guy in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> Maybe he'll come on the show. He's pretty funny. Uh, anyway, so the band Rise Against, yeah, that was like that era for like I always equate music to moments in my life. Right, Lincoln Park I fell in love with in the uh, when I was stationed in Germany. That was like when they're big when they like, kicked it off, you know. And their early music back then, their early stuff. That's when I really fell in love with them and and like their song Crawl and some other stuff. Yeah, and there's always. Lately, I've been listening to Hole, Courtney Love, like which really, dude. A lot of '90s people like fucking either love her or hate her. I yep. I loved her. I I actually liked her music a lot, 
as a person, I think she's kind of a piece of shit. Right. But, uh, but how do you really know? You don't really know that much that's about true it. It's too. all hearsay. That's true, too. Right. I can only go by, like, what, kind of yeah. whatever I've heard or books that I've read or, like, you know, like, you know, being a Nirvana guy, being a Kurt fan. Yeah. You know, like, you hear things, but you also hear, like, the conspiracies and shit, and you're like, you don't know what to believe. But right. but as a musician, I think she was really talented, you know? I really like that, um, I don't, I don't so much like that first album, but I thought the, uh, What's the uh, I don't know what the what it was called, but there's a song on I think Malibu. Yeah, that's a great song. It is a great song. Yeah, it's a good song. And I think was that album called Celebrity Skin. I think so. That's yeah. a good album. Yeah, there are a lot of good songs on. I that like album. her songs even before that. Like there was a song that when in the '90s I was uh, like, dude, I loved. Well, there was two songs on her first album, Violet, which was a big. Yeah, Violet's one. a good song. I, I don't loved- like doll parts. Doll parts was kind of I think together. the one that kind of made her. Yeah, it's like their it was, hit. But it was also um there was another one that wasn't popular that I loved, which was called uh Pieces of Jennifer's Body. Oh really? I never heard that. And that's got a lot of energy, but it just it resonated with me. I don't know why. Right. But like the rhythm of it, the you know, you'll have to give it a listen and, and I like uh, their cover of Gold Dust Woman. That's a great song. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a good song to begin with. Sure. And that's sure. a totally different take on it when they cover it. And I love, I love Hole's second bass player. Oh, my God. Yeah. Melissa Oftimore or whatever her name is. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that girl. I love her. <laughs> Whew. So, to me, that was, uh, Hole was, was like the, my high that school. That sounds terrible. I sound like an objectifying lady. But <laughs> she's beautiful. What do you want me to say? Whatever, know. man. Listen, yeah. if they tune in to listen to us, this is what the fuck they're yeah. going to have to do. You're going to get... Uh, we um, think women are beautiful. Right. Men are fucking ugly. We're pretty imperfect. Dude, this is not a, <laughs> this is not a woke fucking podcast. No, it's not. You know? And I don't want... I, that's kind of the premise. I don't want to come on here and talk politics and all that shit. Like, I just want people to get along with each other and have a good time and talk to each other. Shit, That's yeah. kind of what it is. Sometimes it's going to be funny as shit. Sometimes it's going to be kind of whatever it is. Like, it's just... I like the organicness of it. Like, yeah, if that's even a word, organicness. Yeah. But I like that it. it's organic, you know? It's uh, organicism. I don't know. It's, yeah. It's organicism. Yep. Almost sounds like jism. I don't yeah. know. It's all over. <laughs> Dude, I got to pee so fucking bad. All right. I feel like we need to end the show with me mentioning that I have to piss so yeah, bad. I think we did this before. I had to piss or something. Maybe every yeah. episode, this is how we'll end it. Yeah. Who's got to pee today? It's Chris. We're going to talk until we have to pee. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. John, thanks, Great. man. I, think we did, we did, I don't know why I'm thanking good. you, dude. I'm like, no, nah, we're, we're co-hosts. We're doing nah, this nah, together. I, I definitely have to thank you because I wouldn't be doing this if you didn't nah, do this kind man. of stuff. Life, life. I'm a big fan. I'm not a religious guy, but I am kind of spiritual in the sense that uh, I don't have any religious affiliation whatsoever. I'm right. not a Christian. I'm not a fucking Buddhist. I'm not nothing. But I do believe that life kind of gives you a, a little bit of guidance mm-hmm. if you just pay attention, you know? And that's kind of where, where I am with my life nowadays. It's just something came up. I saw an opportunity or... A friend came along and was like, "Hey, I want to talk." And then we talked, and I was like, "Man, I could, I could talk to that guy yeah. a lot." You know, I'm I'm sure that we would never fucking run out of conversations, and that's just the way it happens, right? You know. So to me, it's not about me. I did all this, and John, you should fucking kiss my ass and be grateful that I let you play with these piece of shit microphones. Oh no, no, Dude, well, it's not. It's not that at no, all. No, it's not that. But I'm saying, if you didn't do this, I wouldn't be sitting here doing it. So, but. 
it, it, there's a million ways of of seeing that though. You, mm. If you didn't draw, yeah, I would have never fucking known you. That's I would have been like, you're a guy yeah. in the background. Yeah. There's plenty. We went to high school with 500 fucking kids. A lot of them were just in the background, right? There are and guys. And it was crazy. Is like the people that you were close with in high school. I'm not really even friends with those people anymore. Not yeah. that I had falling out with them, but you kind of grow up, and then you end up being friends with people that you weren't necessarily that close with. You know, it's weird. It's, Sometimes you get sad about that. Like, there's definitely guys that I grew up with. Um, you know what's funny? One last thing. One last thing, because I got to pee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in a dual household. So my mom oh, yeah, yeah. my mom lived in Eddystone. My dad lived in Norwood. And as a kid, I had this weird thing that I never wanted to admit I was from Norwood. I hated the kids from Norwood. Yeah. At least in my mind, I thought I did. Because a lot of the, the jerk-offs were from Norwood. But I often disregard a lot of the guys that I did get along with. Funny enough, guys that you used to be friends with, I was friends with too. And like, I'm starting to like, like admit, like, dude, there were people there that I did care about and I did right. like. But I always associate Eddie Stone as my childhood. Right. I, I, lived, I associate Grace Ferry as being my childhood more so than my my uh, my teenage yeah. years. You know, like that's kind of where I think I was shaped was in Philadelphia more than anything else. This was like a breath of breath of fresh air coming out here. Like you hear hmm. a lot of negative connotation about Delco and stuff. Like I thought this was, you know, in comparison. I'm not saying that where I grew up was like the worst place in the world. It really wasn't. There were times that it was wonderful. And there was a lot of people that were pillars of the community that really took care of, you know, things that needed to be taken care of that were really good to the kids in the neighborhood and stuff like that. Sure. You know, it gets a reputation for being a really rough place. Yeah. And I'm not saying it wasn't, but there was a lot of good things that went on there, too. And I think that's what most neighborhoods. Um, but I forget what I was going to say, and I don't want to hold you up. From nah, it's okay. This <laughs> it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Right. Either down my leg, though. But, I mean, maybe. <laughs> Um, no, but you know what's funny is I was the opposite. Yeah. Norwood to me was like this, like um, the oppressive place that you uh, grew up or something, or like no. So it was funny because like growing up going to Norwood Elementary and then Innerborough, I just remember the kids all being kind of like snooty and like they all yeah. like their fucking dad worked at Boeing or like was you had a it union too good guy. or something. Being from Norwood, well, they pretended like their shit didn't stink. But then when I would go to my mom's house in Eddystone. There was like no questioning that we're all fucking poor. Right. And there's nothing to judge the other kid about. It's the a, other there's kid, a little bit of comfort in that. Dude, like you you knew like, all right, yeah, dude, his mom's kind of a fucking dope head. Like mm. we know like it, you can't fuck with him because he doesn't have Nikes on because look at his- How would dude, he have them? Yeah. Right. You know, there was- And then even ethnically, Eddie Stone's really what opened me up to like- Dude, it's okay to be friends with black kids. It's okay to yeah. be like Norwood was not that, and yeah. and people don't like. I'm gonna be that dick and say that back in the '90s, dude, it was a fucking white neighborhood, and mm -hmm. that's it. Uh, I would go to Eddie Stone as much as I possibly could on the weekends, or ride my bike down there during the day. And then it's funny because like, I remember in high school there was like a table of black kids. And I would, like, go talk to him sometimes. The one kid drew really good. Right. So, like, I would go over there and talk to him. And then, like, it just it just opened me up. Yeah. And it's funny because I did stay in touch with some of those, those kids. And, like, after a while, you realize that these subtle little things are what affect you long term. And now I'm in an interracial relationship right. that I'm very happy in. Yeah. And I have beautiful children. And I think all those little things... 
made me who I am now. Yeah, you know? so I grew up, where I grew up was very racially charged. It was very, like, sure. we didn't even know why the black kids wanted to beat us up. We didn't know why we were chasing the black kids. It was sure. just kind of like, that was kind of like what the parents, that was the influence the parents had on their kids. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? But as kids, we didn't know why. And then we'd find ourselves, like, going to school with each other or ending up working together or something like that later on in life. And you just think back and you go, the hell are we so hostile towards each other for? There was no reason for it. Sure. So, I mean, that was the saddest part about it was the kind of the racial divide in the neighborhood. But um, thankfully, for, on my end, my father wasn't Wasn't like that, that bad? Yeah. No, he wasn't at all, actually. I remember when I was four years old, like, the guy that he had as a helper was this really tall black dude that used to, like, I used to always look forward to seeing him. This guy, Doug, he was the nicest guy in the world. And then even when we lived in Philly, we'd have, like, this old black guy stand that would come over and they would talk about the Navy and stuff like that. So I didn't really grow up in, like, with prejudice in in me. Like, yeah. So, like, and I, that kind of served me well because to this day, like, I don't, I'm not going to say I don't see color. I think that's the stupidest st- statement <laughs> that people say. Like, of course sure. you do. You absolutely see color. Don't say right. that you don't see color. You're an idiot for saying that. Um, well, I, just I don't, don't think I don't think that's what that spo- is supposed. to I know. To mean, I, I understand but... the context of it is like I don't. But I think like some people they say it and they don't realize like well, I hope you do see color because <laughs> there is a difference. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. I just I, I'm kind of glad that I didn't grow up like that. Like yeah, you know, I did blindly hating people. You know, uh, it was definitely pushed on us. And, and, yeah, and I'm yeah. not going to say Eddie Stone was such an open book. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. I felt bad for friends of mine that would come to our neighborhood and definitely get the fucking look. Yeah. You know, there was definitely shit that happened that you're like, dude, that was not called for at all. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a border. There was definitely a border between Eddie Stone and Chester. And yeah. it was like a known fact. You don't fucking go over there. Yeah. Now, me... Being as rebellious as I... You did it anyway? Oh, dude. Yeah, see, I wouldn't. I was a habitual yeah. fucking line crosser, man. I wow. was like, fuck you. Oh, I'm not allowed over there? I'm going skateboarding over there tomorrow morning. Yeah. You know, fuck you. And then everybody's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. And that's how that's how it happened, man. Right. It's like skateboarding was like my in. And then kids were like, oh, how did you do that? Like young black kids in a black neighborhood are looking at me and they're like, where the fuck did you come from? First of all, right. oh yeah, right across the bridge. And they're like, oh, we don't go over there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, well, I did. Fuck that. Yeah. I did. I'm sure that's, you know? that's a whole conversation in of itself that we could have sometime. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Maybe some other day we'll, we'll maybe dabble we'll, maybe on that. like Maybe our next episode would be like, where are you from? Kind yeah. of thing. And we could talk about like, you know, growing sure. up in a different area than where we we met you know so and uh, even how the neighborhoods have changed yeah you know yeah. like like as much as i describe norwood as being an all-white neighborhood now it's not now it's a mixed neighborhood and right. it seems to me like everybody gets along pretty well you know i don't know i haven't been there my, my mother still well, it's right down norwood. the street yeah and, yeah and like even this neighborhood prospect park which yeah. is right next to norwood dude as a kid it was not this no and now now like, that's the thing when i was a kid i used to think that this was like the nicest place on the planet yeah you know everybody had a lawn there were trees it just i don't know it looked like something out of like a tv show or some shit to me being from where i was from it was just so it was such a contrast to philadelphia and uh and then i got out here and i realized hmm like it's not that great but (laughs) uh but not listen i tell people all the time it is what you make of it sure you know what i mean like there are you know you can't be negative about it all the time like they're, it's not that terrible all the time, 
you know, um, I think. Well, that's even now. There's plenty to be grateful for. Dude, at the end of the day, you know, like at the end of the day, I absolutely believe exactly what you said. It is what you make it. Mm -hmm. Because I've met plenty of people that want to bitch and complain and complain about politics or social issues or they're moving to our neighborhood or whatever. And you know what I hope for that person? I hope you do move the fuck out because I don't want, I don't, it's not your ethnicity or your political views. It's you. You're fucking negative. I don't want you near me. Right. I don't care who you vote for and I don't give a fuck what what color you are. I don't care. I really just want happy people around me. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're content with your life, fuck it, man. I'll be your neighbor. I don't give a shit where you're from. Actually, let's talk about it. You Mm -hmm. know? So... Anyway, man. This was, uh, I think this went pretty good today. Shit, yeah, man. I think it went great. We could talk more about it. And, uh, you know. But thanks again. And I can't wait to do it again. Thanks, man. Yep. I'll see you. All right.